Hey, hey, welcome to the Kill Your Gods podcast. This month a little more literal than most because we're getting back into the Holy Bible. King James Version, motherfucker. I got a bunch of shows coming up. If you're listening to this on Monday, July 5th, uh, I have a surprise show that even I was not aware of on July 6th. That'll be at the Grape Room at 8 o'clock. Come check that out. Come come shoot me in the head for talking shit on God. Uh, ooh, that... Uh, that's that's badly prophetic. On the 10th, I will be... Yeah, July 10th, I will be at the pop-in at Chalfont, PA. 11th, making my New York City debut and dripping with anxiety about it at Broadway Comedy Club. On the 23rd, Flying Fish Brewery. 29th, at uh, Pearly Bakers in Easton. And the 31st, at the Al Ann Club in Trenton for a sober fundraiser. I am booked all this month. And I guarantee I have no shows in August, because that's just the way shit works. But my guest this week, we're talking uh, we're talking the book of Exodus, part one. And my guest probably knows more about the Bible than you, because he had it beaten into him. That is comedian Jeff Roser. How you doing, Pally? I am doing well. This is a beautiful morning. This is a beautiful thank morning. Thank God for this morning. Thank God us. for this morning, and uh, thank America God, because it is his birthday tomorrow, so it is America Christmas, 4th of July. Uh, what what feasts do you intend to give to America God? What feasts do I intend to give to him? Yeah, are, are we going to sacrifice? Well, sacri- plenty of thanks. Thanks. Yeah, but that's my daily prayer. Yeah, I, I, I sacrifice my waistline by eating hot dogs. And uh, I, I make sure to curse the infidels and illegal immigrants on the 4th of July. Just like God intended. Just like God intended. Um, I wanted Jeff on this podcast. I wanted him on for a while. We had, I'm putting up old episodes of Magical Misery Tour on this feed now, but uh, your episode is not on. That, that was still one of my favorite episodes because the entire premise of Magical Misery Tour is we were going to talk about the worst stuff that ever happened to us. And we had Jeff on, who was my roommate I knew a lot about, and you were very much like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. Like, uh, how about when you got kicked out of a car in a police chase so that you wouldn't get in trouble with cocaine? <laughs> You're like, oh, that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Is that you, what we talked about? I thought we talked about me going to boarding school. We talked about you going to boarding school. Which, uh, you know, kind of is relevant to today. I was going to say, was that, was that Christian boarding school? It was school? very Christian. Uh, it was a, it's a program called Teen Challenge, which was started in the 50s by, God, what was his name? David. Uh, the Cross and the Switchblade is the book about it, where he say, he goes into the inner city in New York and saves teen gang members at the time. So this is their 50s gang members, so they're not selling drugs right. on the corner. They're just delinquents. Who they're, they're, they're just hanging around and right. singing doo-wop yeah, and, and shit. Hanging, and making uh, zip guns and switchblades, <laughs> and they would have rumbles in the park and just try to kill each other. There was no real organization to these gangs other than to hang out with each other. And so this man, David, whatever his name was, forget, went into the city to witness to these young folks. And that eventually became the first Teen Challenge. And then throughout the years, Teen Challenge became something only for adults. And then they started opening up adolescent Teen Challenges. And I got sent to one of those. So you can still look up Teen Challenge. That's that's such a strange name because if uh, Degrassi and the show Euphoria have taught me anything, being a teen is a challenge enough as (laughs) it is. What with Drake always trying to fuck you and whatnot. So so tell us, I know this part of the story, but uh, 
you come from a very religious household. Just how religious is it? Uh, well, my dad was a Pentecostal pastor. Still is. Um, He's just not your dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, my mom was his secretary, so they both worked in the church. Uh, my dad has been a pastor since he was about 27. So. Now, hold on. Is that how the, did they meet because she was his secretary? No, but mm. they did meet in the church. They went to a church actually here in Philadelphia on 18th and Spring Garden. They went to that church and they were kind of the only two teenagers around the same age. So they started dating for that reason. Of course. <laughs> and they, yeah, they married and have been each other's only ever relationship. And then I was born. And I grew up very strict Pentecostal, not the snake handler kind. My dad hates those people. They give them a bad name, but you know, church, (laughs) church three days a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then going to the Christian school, which was also located inside the church. So up until fourth grade, I was at that church six days a week at least. So do you get, are there at least like specific masses to all those days of the week? Or is it just the same one over and over What again? do you mean? Like, it's like, all right, this is our Wednesday night. Spe- yeah. It's ladies night no, Wednesday. Well, so Wednesday the girls night, pick the homily. Wednesday night was a regular service for the adults, but Wednesday was youth group night mm-hmm. for me. And then Sunday nights was for a while, uh, Royal Ranger night. And the Royal Rangers are the Christian version of the Boy Scouts. Okay. Now, I've heard a lot of Christian youth groups pretty much just become like a den of fingering. Does that still uh, happen with the Pentecostals? It didn't happen as for me. Mm. And as far as I know, there was only one one attempted fingering. Oh my. Which was huge news. It was Tell me yeah. tell me about the huge fingering news. There was a oh, uh, from 1999. <laughs> uh, somebody somebody I know attempted to uh, was making out with somebody else in the youth group and attempted a finger and got rejected. Oh. And yeah, and yay, the gospel spread into the valley. Mm. The, the good news. No, I was Hiram and the botched fingering. I was the delinquent of the youth group, really. How do you become a, well, is that like so were you like a bad kid or I was, was this the, like he doesn't kid. take his slippers off at home? No, I was uh, you know, smoking weed. Starts smoking cigarettes, would smoke cigarettes and make sure at kids in the youth group saw me do it, but trying nice. to act like I was trying not to get caught. So I looked cool. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Why weren't you doing the finger in then? You sound like the cool, cool. one. It, it happened, just not in the youth group. Eventually <laughs> it happened. That's great. So, yeah, we talked about this before. I was raised Catholic, which is an abomination in the sights of God, as you yep. told me. Yep. And, uh, but ours was always, I, I always think of a comedian, Kurt Metzger, where he says he was raised Jehovah's Witness and he repeatedly says, like, I hated being Jehovah's Witness because, like, Catholics, you don't have to do the thing. <laughs> like, fucking Tony Soprano is a murderer and nobody was ever like, you know, you're a murderer. You're not allowed here to leave. It was always like, oh, well, come to confession and let's give you a few Hail Marys and get you out there murdering again. Yeah. So we didn't take the religion as seriously. There was more, there was more just a vague, like, don't touch your penisness to us and give thanks. But other than that, we really didn't follow the stuff. You were following the shit. Yeah, yeah. You were very much judged on your personal life in my upbringing. Right. So um so how much do you, how much do you know the Bible personally? Uh it's mostly I mean it's all recollection from the first 
you know, 18 or so years of my life. Mm. But you have to think for those first 18 years, it was drilled into my head week in and week out. So I know, and I did read, I have read the Bible cover to cover. I did at the boarding school because there's not much else to do. Mm -hmm. So I have that. Okay. It's funny. I remember you and I were hanging out last week and I asked uh, what kind of music your parents played at home. And you said your mother played like the Righteous Brothers. Righteous Brothers are the ones I remember. My mom like kind of like fifties music, mm-hmm. uh, and my dad would listen to Big Tent Revival sermons mm-hmm. and enjoyed the organ hymns from those <laughs> services. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard my dad listen to actual music. Mm-hmm. So he's like Pentecostals. If we're talking other branches of Christianity that they look down on. Which well, is Catholics worse the worst horror of Babylon? Like where where do the Baptists fit in there? Well, okay, so Baptists uh, aren't looked down upon because that is the denomination that is closest to Pentecostal. Okay. They're almost considered cousins. My dad had a working relation. I wouldn't say working. He had a, a relationship with a uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, a pastor of the Baptist Church. His name was Larry Bird. Nice. Yeah. My dad was friends with Pastor Larry Bird. My dad knows nothing about sports, so he once, during a sermon, mentioned his friend Pastor Larry Bird, and he said, no, not the football player. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody laughed, and he thought because he made a good joke. Oh. But the only only real difference between Baptists and Pentecostals is Baptists don't believe in speaking in tongues. But other than that, the denominations are pretty much identical. But what is the overall gist of Pentecostals? Because I don't, I don't honestly know. I feel like the whole thing with Catholics is we're way too into Mary and transubstantiation. Yeah. And that's like the big... Yeah, and, and those of you who don't really know, transubstantiation is that when the priest says a prayer over the cracker, it becomes the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. People people have gone to wars over this bull. Is the cracker bloody or not? I'll kill you. Yeah, and that is why. I mean, that's one thing about Catholic. I mean, we, we did look down on Catholicism because they're too into Mary, and we don't feel like Mary was divine. She was just a person who was a vessel. We don't, sounds like Pentecostals don't respect their mothers. That's what it, it sounds like to me. We don't, we didn't. Mary made the best sauce on the block. Sorry. Again, uh, also the cracker is just symbolic. There is nothing. I could get behind that. Yeah, it was all symbolic. Communion was symbolic. We did communion, but it was all, there would had to be no confession. In fact, I was, confession was pitched to me as this scary thing where you're locked in a dark room and you can't leave until you've told them everything bad you've done and you have to be judged on the spot for it. Again, that is I, I, one thing I do like about the overall, I, I was going to say Protestant, but realistically just non-Catholic, which I guess is Protestant. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, Catholics are very big on, you can't have your own relationship with God. We have we have a middleman who, who takes his cut. Let, let the father wet his beak a little bit, you know, get a, take a skim off the top. As opposed to a, yeah, I shouldn't have to talk to, what do I have to gain from talking to a 60-year-old fucking virgin at best and 60-year-old boy fucker at worst and saying, like, I I stole a cookie from the cookie jar. How many Hail Marys do I need to say for you to not touch my pee-pee? So. Yeah, that's exactly it. We're all, Protestants are all about a personal relationship with Jesus, and it's all what's in your heart, and it's no, I wouldn't say it's nobody else's business, but. Mm. You know, it's all between you and God, really. Do you still believe in God? I don't know. So I actually did a thing as an exercise a few weeks ago where um, 
Just I struggle. I I I don't think there's a god, but that's not like I would very much prefer. There was somebody. My dad's dead. Okay, I need an old guy with a beard to care about me somewhere. Yeah, and, no, and I, old Mr. Jenkins won't answer my calls. Wait, you wish there was a god? Uh, something. I, I, I wish I knew there was something. Because if this is all there is to life, I mean, this particular room is pretty cool. We got paintings. We got a, a deer head on the wall. Of course, I mentioned this the one time I'm not filming. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I really don't want this to be all of existence. I want to be... My, my whole thing... I uh, If life is an amusement park, I want to go on all the rides. I want to go on the log flume. I want to go on the tilt-a-whirl. I want to be a black lady. I want to be a gay <laughs> Arab. Like... If I only get one ride through and slightly chunky white dude was all I got, like, there's more interesting things to do. Well, I could get behind the idea of getting every walk of life right. out of your system. Uh, I don't know where that would come from, why God would, that would be the plan, you know? Well, it, I feel like some kind of recycling makes more sense than God's just like, baking up new souls and throwing them into bodies. I mean, that's kind of what I was raised to believe. Well, we were all raised to believe. I don't know. I I used to think I was an atheist. I don't I think it was more I just didn't care. And for the past 15 years or so, it's always been why would I be able to figure that out, you know? I'll never I'll never True. and I'll never have that faith to make the jump into full on being a Christian. Mm. Or a full-on believer, because again, why would I be able to figure that out? I just always, I've figured if there is a God, I'll I'll never know it. Right. It will never be up to me, because why would I be able to solve the mysteries? You, the you're, you're a very low priority, even if this is like bureaucrat God, like the Bible teaches and more like the New Testament. Well, actually, I feel like that's not even biblical. That's just like how they teach kids about God. Like, just talk to him anywhere, and he'll hear you, because he can do all things at all times. Like... Yeah, bureaucrat God, you are very low on his priorities. You are you are right there beneath, like you know, get the get the ceiling scrubbed in this office. Oh, but I was gonna say was I actually just as an exercise a few weeks ago, like I'm just gonna pretend I believe in God for a week. I'm gonna talk to God. I'm gonna be spiritual, and I got bored and forgot by the third day. Those are decent three days, man. What? So are were you trying to act like you believe in God, or you are a follower of God? Uh, more, more believing in God. Right. Just praying, talking to him, talking to myself. Let's be honest. Did you, did you curse? See, if I, what in the Bible is against cursing? I don't know, but I know if I were to curse, I'm dishonoring my parents, which is against the fifth commandment. Ooh, that's right. It's so here's the thing. We're going to get into that. You know what? No, I will wait until we get there. Let's actually crack into this. So anytime we have a conversation point, we'll just stop. We'll chat. Okay. So Exodus, we're doing uh, chapters 1 to 20 today, half of them. Exodus is the second book of the Bible and the second great band named after it. Genesis, of course, the great prog rock band. Exodus, one of the innovators of thrash metal. So, is there a, there's a band called Leviticus too, right? There must be. I don't know. We're going to go. I'm pretty sure there's no Deuteronomy. Do me a favor. You have Spotify, right? Yeah. You go look up Leviticus real quick, and I am going to look up Exodus so I can play a second. I know Exodus's main claim to fame. There is. Hell yeah. Uh, they don't look very popular. An 80s band. Mm. Looks like metal. I'm almost... Biblical well, names work great with metal. All right. So we're going to listen to a little bit of a uh, Exodus song right now called Bonded by Blood. <laughs> 
Exodus, by the way, musically is most famous because their uh, guitarist, their original guitarist, was Kirk Hammett, who left Exodus to join Metallica. Okay, there's a Leviticus. <laughs> That's funny. So he just leaned over and showed me on his uh, playlist there is a song called Leviticus Faggot. All right. Yep. It's good to know. You, dude, you can just hold that against your chin if you want if it keeps okay. falling. All right. So. Oh, also an album by rapper Cannabis called Leviticus. I don't even know what the wordplay is supposed to be on that. Yeah, it's like Leviticus, but it's like a bus because it's like oh, it's a song. Where we by, all going? Song by Cannabis, Leviticus, Cannabis. But still, it is he trying to mix Le- Leviticus and Cannabis? Yes, because his nickname was Bus. This is all so confusing. Okay, um, <laughs> a new king arises in Egypt that doesn't know of the lineage of Joseph, but he thinks there's too many of these stinking Jews in Egypt, and they're too powerful. They're running the farms, the banks, they're casting their untalented kids in Judd Apatow movies. Just so many Jews. By the way, that's... Do not ever look up... As you as you and I are people in the entertainment industry, or we try to, or we think we are, comedy does have a huge leg up on acting, where it really feels like anybody who's been in any movie in the last 20 years, if you look them up, like, oh, uh, what's it? Uh, Jonah Hill. Like, oh, Jonah Hill. He started kind of young. Maybe somebody saw him. He had some talent. Like, oh, yeah, no. His father is extremely powerful in Hollywood and was like uh, the was like a major guy in the Guns N' Roses team. And it's just like, oh, and it's funny to think like, yeah, Marilyn Monroe was just some hayseed who blew in and made it rich. And now nobody's making it rich because they're all fucking already rich people. Like... Yeah. Chris D'Elia just moved from the Midwest to L.A. to pursue a dream. Yeah, exactly. His father wasn't a director of every TV show you've ever watched in the 80s and 70s. It just, yeah, it bums me out. Miley it's, Cyrus really clawed her way to the top. It, I, I hate when people try. I, I made it Jewy because it's Exodus. By the way, I feel okay. I married a Jew, okay? Every time I have sex, I am risking more Jews. So I am allowed to talk about this. But uh, I hate that they make it Jewy because it is just like such a Hollywood thing where it's like nobody makes it rich anymore. Like, ooh, have you heard about the new Fifty Shades of Grey movie? It's Don Johnson's fucking daughter. Why does she need that money? Just be a spoiled fucking rich kid. You don't need to be a false idol of the celebrity culture as well. Like, I'm worried one of these days you're going to find out like, oh, Ben Affleck was actually made in a lab by Boston's biggest aristocrats. It really just like the last 20 years that just happened and drives me nuts. It has nothing to do with the Bible. Anyway, uh, fuck Judd Apatow. That's what I'm getting at. So, so many Jews. It was time to put them to work. Boom, enslaved Jews. So, here's a funny thing. We hear a lot of atheists talk shit on the Bible. Like, oh, it's all made up. A big talking point I haven't heard until recently. Apparently, historians, Jews never enslaved ever in Egypt. Like, historically, that's just, like, it's not like Jesus, like, well, maybe he lived, maybe he didn't. It was like, no, this did not happen. Hmm. That's the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah. Then who built the pyramids? Certainly slaves. Okay. And there were probably Israelites in there. But just, like, whichever ones they had around. I mean, they're Egypt, they're... Were they, like, conquering people? I actually don't remember this. 
Who, the Jews or the, uh, the Egyptians? The Egyptians. No. Because usually that's where you get slaves. Right. That's where the Romans got their slaves. They fucking took over their lands and then, hey, we'll let you live. You're a slave now. Hmm. All right, he, uh, Faru, Faru, Pharaoh tells the Hebrew midwives to kill any male babies born. Girls can live. It's ladies' night in Egypt. The midwives don't listen, so Pharaoh orders all Israeli boys thrown in the river. Literal male genocide, as we've been hearing of lately. It happened, maybe. You want to hear about a time when men were historically oppressed? Let's go back to now. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, well, the, the Egyptian ladies only made 70 chronics on the chronic. I, I don't know Egyptian currency to try and run this bit, but uh, actually, you know what? This has, this has turned into an alt-right episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember somebody made this point. Do you remember like the hashtag save our girls thing a few right. years ago? Boko Haram. I, I, not alt-right. But even even a fascist Didn't clock, they kill the boys and exactly. just take the, the take the girls into slavery soon. Yeah. But they just killed the boys. But Boko Haram was also very much like we don't want it literally means like burn the books. And they said, like, we don't want you learning. Let this be a warning to you. They said, Okay, fine. You know, pass me the books. And then they started reading the books again. And then they came and said, We said no books, killed all the boys, took all the girls, and what was the focus? Save our girls, hmm. as opposed to all the boys who, like, you know. You know, there killed. was at least one boy when they said no learning. He's like, oh, sweet, I don't have to go to school anymore. <laughs> this is awesome. I could just hang. Or if I heard that story when I was in, like, fourth grade, I'd be like, oh, those kids are so lucky. Yeah. Oh, I got, especially, like, like, oh, we told, get the machetes. We said no books. Like, no, I really didn't want to. And just die, dying when all you wanted to do was smoke cigarettes in the village. Oh. Anyway, books are magic. Uh, from the house of Levi, a woman gives birth to a boy. She hides him as long as she can, then puts him in a basket and sends him down the river, where he gets tangled in some reeds and is saved by one of Pharaoh's daughters. She orders him cared for and essentially adopts him. His name is Moses. Two sentences later, Moses is already a man and murders an Egyptian for beating <laughs> his Jewish slave. Here's the thing. It is weird how teen years get cut out of the Bible. For some of its most prominent characters. They're, they're saving that for a Soprano-style Many Saints of York Nork prequel. It's uh, coming any day now. David Chase has assured us. But yeah, really, all the teen years disappear. I don't know. Maybe what, just because teenagers don't do shit worth uh, recording. Yeah, maybe Moses was being a shitty Jeff Roser yeah. smoking cigarettes when <laughs> he was supposed to be telling him slaves to build that pyramid. Here's the thing, though. Why did they bother? He got adopted as like a two-year-old boy stuck in the reeds. They never had to tell him he was Jewish. Like, like, oh, you know what? Let's get this kid. Obviously, he's supposed to be fucking dead because he knows he's Jewish. So they must have told him at some point. Surely he won't have any kind of, uh, you know, harsh feelings about us enslaving all of his people. This I'm just realizing now. How did Aaron come into the picture? Exactly. Yeah. Babies were there's his his origins aren't explained as far as I know. Yeah, it would be like they if, just met up in adulthood. Right. It, it would be. It's almost like like oh, the neighborhood junkie dropped their baby off on your doorstep and like, well, I know it's hers, but I guess I'll adopt this orphan that has no one to care for it within fifty feet circumference of this house. Uh, Pharaoh finds out. Moses runs away to Midian. He helps some Midianese shepherd girls who take him home for dinner to their pa. There really needs to be, like, a porn parody of that. 
It's like, yeah, yeah, you know how it is. You you murder the one of the people oppressing your people. You run off and find some hot shepherd babes, and then uh, their dad says you can marry one of them. Didn't he, after he murdered the guy, didn't he flee into the desert for a while? It, he did, but this is where he, he fleed into Midian, which uh, was in and of okay. itself. I got you. Uh, great Cradle of Filth album, by the way. The dad gives Moses... Also a, uh, a wrestler who didn't really get a fair shake. Uh, Midian. Most famous for being naked. Yeah. He, he was also Phineas uh, I. Godwin, which uh, <laughs> you know, was funny. Very recently, I was telling Perry the history of puns in wrestling, such as Isaac Yankum. Right. And uh, Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin. Paul Bearer. It spells hog Probably and the pig. best one is Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer is the best. Because I... Enough so that I feel like if you're into wrestling, you do not know that Paul Bearer is not like you think like, oh, they named those guys carrying the coffin. Right. After. Right. Oh, yes. If you don't know wrestling, that makes no sense. I'm trying to think. What are the good puns? I mentioned Isaac Yankum. Just Kimo- just Kimo- incredible. Kimona Wanalea. Kimona Wanalea. The night she danced nude atop the ECW and arena. Later, Leia Meow. Oh, okay. There haven't been any bad ones recently. Oh, if we think of any, I'm fine to interrupt to talk about wrestling puns at any point. Pharaoh dies, and God remembers, oh shit, I said I'd look after these Jews. Fuck, let's see how they're doing. Oh no, they're slaves. They really present God as like a deadbeat dad here. Like, God's gonna make it, he hasn't checked in on them in a while, and now they're slaves. So God's going to make it up to the Jews by taking them out for pizza and then not see them for three months because God's got a hot 20-year-old side piece who doesn't want kids around, like, fucking shit up. Um, so via an angel of the Lord, he appears to Moses in the burning bush. Moses knows it is God because the bush is aflame without burning away. God introduces himself, says, yo, I'm God. Moses looks away in respect because Moses is a good egg. God promises with Moses' help to bring the Jews to the land of milk and honey. Again, I understand biblical times, but like if somebody offers I, I yo, I'm gonna take you to this club, like, oh, they got bitches there? Like, no, they got like milk and honey. Tons of it. What would if somebody's trying to sell you a promised land, what do they need to offer you? Me? Yeah. All the open mics are in order. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, a headlining spot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yay, and come into Canaan, where you shall be a headliner <laughs> most weekends, two shows Sunday. <laughs> um, Moses asks, why me? God basically says, shut up, just do it. This is where we get the name Yahweh, as God answers his identity as I am that I am, which I think in the Hebrew letters, which like don't have vowels, it it's like Y-W, Y-H-W-H. So, yeah, God says, I am that I am. A little close to Popeye, but okay. Who came first, chicken or the egg, Popeye or Yahweh? God tells him to convene with the Jewish leaders and tell them God has spoke to him. Ask the Pharaoh for freedom. He won't give it to you, but I'll smite his ass good. No worries, got your back. God tells Moses, as a sign of power, he can throw down his staff and it'll turn into a snake. And he can also... So we hear about the staff turning into a snake. The thing that doesn't get a lot of attention, he can turn his hand on and off to have leprosy. Oh, fuck. This is the first time I'm remembering that. Yeah, I yeah, don't... I forgot about that. Is that in, like, the Ten Commandments movie or anything? That's not one I've ever heard. It, I remember being taught it 
growing up. But like, what kind of miracle is that? Like, I, I get like, okay, the snake turns into the stick turns into a snake, but like, what is the point of having a mir- the miracle of spooky arm? It scares, I mean, it scares the shit out of Pharaoh. True. Well, it was supposed to, didn't. No. What's not explained is Pharaoh's magicians were able to copy these miracles. Oh, I and missed it, that part. It is not explained. What happens there? Well, to prove he, Moses ain't scared of shit, or uh, Pharaoh's not scared of shit, mm-hmm. he has what are called, what I was taught, or his magicians come, and they uh, will do the same thing. Okay, so they... They will essentially <laughs> be a ditto and copy whatever Moses just did. So they turned their staffs into snakes i believe mm. they did the leprosy they turned the water into blood okay so god is literally like he, he has his own pen and teller on staff that are going to come in and they're going to like ruin the magic and say how it's done right interesting uh not, it's not explained why they are able to do the same though yeah it's it's still a weird way to go about disproving it but no uh, Moses is still trying to back out, telling him he is stupid and tongue-tied, also known as a stutterer. God says, your brother brother Aaron is smooth as shit. He can speak for you. So, you know what's funny? When, uh, <laughs> this is actually the thing I got in an argument with, with that Jewish comedian that led to him calling me a fucking Nazi piece of shit. Um, uh, you're still, you're still holding on to that? Yes. That was a good, like, four years ago, wasn't he, it? Oh, he popped his head in fucking recently. Oh. It, oh, it, it it was all online, which it's okay because uh, he's Puerto Rican who converted Jewish, and I married a Jew, so I'm closer to Judaism than he is. Fuck that guy. Um, so when they talk about uh, the historicity of things as to whether or not you know any of this biblical stuff actually happened, one of the things they point to saying Moses must have been true is saying like they portray him as like a douchebag in this. Therefore, why in the in the Bible of the time, in the Torah of the time, why would they present their big prophet as such a dickhead? Like, nobody likes him. He's a stutterer. He calls himself stupid. Basically, based on that argument, a lot of people say, like, he probably existed, which seems like a really weird way to prove something. But, I don't know. Oh, so we also get the introduction of Aaron here. Again, he's adopted. How does he know who Aaron is? Um... How do you see Moses and Aaron? I almost like, they don't mention anything about Aaron, but I do think of it almost like a movie where I envision Aaron as like the smooth black friend that teaches Moses how to dance. Everybody loves Aaron, and he's just got this shitty brother that nobody likes. Well, I just always think of him as the brother who doesn't really get any credit. Moses is attributed with everything. Mm. To the common layman, they don't know who Aaron is. That's true. I feel like most people learned who Aaron was. Through, also, uh, not Aaron, what kind of a name is that for a biblical character? Aaron, you know, Moses has a ring to it that mm. people will remember. Nobody remembers Aaron. Yeah, it's. A, I feel like Moses. Is one so he's kind of just this side. I mean, he's like the Marty Janetti, you know. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Yeah, it's. It is weird. He he doesn't. It is an odd thing to be in here. It would be like. It would be like if Jesus was the Son of God, but he didn't talk that great. So like, let's give him a fuck. Let, let's let let's give him a manager. He's not great on the mic. Okay, we need somebody to take the stick for him. Really sell the angles. He needs a Paul Bear, That's if true. you will. Yeah, which is fitting as the zombie guy from the desert. But all right, somewhere in here they mentioned Moses' son getting circumcised with a sharp rock. 
Ouch. I forgot about this story until I was reviewing for this podcast yeah. that Moses was about to die. God was about to kill him. Oh, yeah. Him he was like, you know, so, uh, yo, we're not spo- circumcising his son. We're going into business here and your son still has Flappy on his dick? The fuck, Mo? And the his son was circumcised and the foreskin was laid at Moses' feet just in time to prevent him from being killed. Wow. I don't have a son yet, but I'm trying to think if, like, <laughs> would I have my son circumcised? Would I have chunk? I, I will not have my kid circumcised. That's... Man, I I gotta be honest. It's morally, I'm against it mm-hmm. for the obvious reasons, but uncircumcised dicks make me sick. I want and my I don't boy, want my kid, to have one of those. I I want my boy to have pleasurable orgasms and not have nerves removed. I know. What, I know. what are you talking about? Uncircumcised dicks are gross. How many do you have to be around? Well, every time when I see him, if I ever if I've ever watched a porn and uh, it's uncircumcised, I immediately turn it off. Really? Yeah. So that's like a a, a no go zone. Yeah. For you. Uh, yeah. It's uh, when I, I, I was in the boarding school. When I was in boarding school was when I saw my first uncircumcised dick. I didn't. To that day, I knew what uncircum. I knew circumcision involved cutting your dick. I didn't know what, but one of my roommates was uncircumcised and showed me what it is, and it made me want to vomit. Wow. See, all right, I, I understand if you haven't seen it much, they are gross. But at the same time, after seeing it enough in porn and not turning it off because I'm comfortable in my sexuality. Uh, it's not sexuality. You just find it gross. It does. I know I have the joke about it, but it does strike me like, oh, that's what the head of your dick is supposed to look like. It's literally supposed to look like a clitoris. It's That's what it is. It's it's the clit hood that grew out. And instead, like, but the, the head of my dick looks like fucking pockmarked. Like I got bad, like I had to use Accutane because I had horrible acne. And I don't like that. I want to know what my dick missed out on. Yeah. I also do wonder what, I don't have much feeling in my dick and I'm kind of, I really don't have much feeling and I'm kind of jealous. It's, it's upsetting for me in my thirties. I feel like I have lost sensation. I think, I I think I have to, I mean, I will be, you know, from where I don't wear the best. I've started bearing, buying softer underwear, but I don't wear the Mm -hmm. best. Mm -hmm. And I've, kind of active during the day so i do wonder about how much my dick has rubbed up against underwear in the past 15 mm. years see i'll be honest, yeah i uh, often during sex i will have to like stop and take a break because it's like uh, if i'm like the sensation will get weird enough that like as the sensation gets bigger it'll just kind of like dissipate and suddenly like my dick feels nothing <laughs> and i need to i need to like emotionally reset for a minute to get the sensation back Anyway, this is the Talk About Your Dicks podcast, where uh, we talk about dicks. And well, somebody was about to get killed over a circumstance. That's this true. Was, this was a worthwhile tangent. This is, I mean, ugh, we'll get into it later, but God, I, th- I think God is either gay or hates women. Well, I think. He was going to say, well, it's obviously the latter, but I didn't want to make a hack. <laughs> well, right, well we, we will get to that. Good, good. It's not booking anymore. It's not worth making that joke. <laughs> Uh, so Moses and Aaron meet, they discuss old times off to free the Jews. All the Jews join for- forces and say they will back them. They go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Pharaoh says no, uh, though they warn of the plagues. Pharaoh gives them more, gives the Jews more work. So they have less time to do Jew shit. Forgot about that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Forgot, he, yeah. He doubles their work. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like making sure they don't have time to unionize, yeah. basically. Like, you're not going to do Jew shit on my watch. Get, get to it. 
uh, the Jews get pissed off at Moses for instigating. They don't get pissed off at Pharaoh. They get pissed off at Moses. Uh, he complains to God. Who you tells, talk about unionizing. This yeah. Is- uh, Moses complains to God. God tells him to chill and trust the process. Repeatedly, God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Which, honestly, fucking, like... Ugh, the Bible is so weird on free will. Because the whole thing is they need to convince Pharaoh. And God straight up tells him, like, I'm going to make sure he doesn't. I'm going to harden his heart. And he's not going to listen to none of you. None of it. So, like, is this Pharaoh's fault or God's? Uh, and harden his heart to the point where it eventually kills him. Yeah. And no. eventually, he... he gets loose enough with his heart that he lets him go. But God is a little more hardening to do. Like, eh, you know what? The, you know what this movie could use? A fucking chase scene. Like, they're already let go. Yeah, I don't think any rational person would try to chase somebody into a split sea. Yeah. But when God's hardening your heart, I mean, do you blame the car or the maker? You know? <laughs> oh, God. This is like an alternative version of uh, Love the Way You Lie by Eminem. It's like, baby, I didn't, I didn't mean to hit you this time. God just hardened my heart. So, <laughs> next time I'm pissed, I'll lay my fist at the Yahweh. Um, they go back to Pharaoh. Uh, we find out Moses and Aaron are both in their 80s here. By the way, so they're spry young bucks in biblical terms. I, exactly, because you know the, the how the way the Bible works. Before you find out how medicine works, everybody lives a long time. I've heard, dude, I've heard my fucking mother use that argument. So my mother is one of those, like, oh, well, it's all God's plan. I mean, they like children with leukemia. Like, well, that's the devil. Like, really, mom? And they'll point out, like, well, people used to live to 800 years. But then, you know, McDonald's. It's like, that's why you think we don't live to 800 years old, mom? Like, Big Macs aren't and good for you. Civilization just ruined our lively, you know, our lifespan. Yeah, it's almost like why would anybody want this? You could be a fucking dirt farmer and live for centuries. You live in a cave for nine hundred years, or you can have an iPhone and die at eighty, bar- uh, almost in the crib. <laughs> um, you can also live that long until too many people around you get gay, and then you're all drowning for it. There you go. Yeah, like. I had great riverfront property in Sodom. And they say like, oh, the gays will make everything nice. Well, look what happened. Why do you think Miami gets flooded all the time now? Okay. (laughs) So we get the 10 plagues. Uh, God turns all the rivers to blood, which kills all the fish. Then we have frogs. Pharaoh offers to parlay if the frogs go away, but he gets greedy when they all die and he still won't cut the Jews loose. This is some of the hemming and hauling they don't really talk about. It's like, okay, we have rivers of blood and frogs. And Pharaoh's like, all right, I don't, I don't want any frogs. Let's work this out. Let, let, let's work out a deal. If you can make the frogs go away, like, okay, the frogs can go away. Yeah. Uh... Your frogs weren't shit. Fuck you guys. You're still slaves. Like, ah! (laughs) Uh, Then, lice, flies, wild animals, pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and then the death of the firstborn, which comes to 11, actually. I don't know where... So, okay, uh, I mean, rivers to blood, frogs, lice, flies, wild animals, pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and then the death of the firstborn. You know what? I need a drink of water. Let's actually stop and look this up real quick because I'm curious. 
Hey, we were wrong on the wild animals. The the flies were tied to the wild animals. So, was still 10. I wanted a big biblical gotcha, but oh well. So, despite all this, God continues to harden his heart, Pharaoh's heart towards relenting until the firstborn. The Jews sacrifice lambs and paint their blood on their doorways so the plague will pass. Go listen to Creeping Beth, Death by Metallica. That's what this song is about. Must be a male, must be under a year old. Pharaoh's son is killed, and he calls for Aaron and Moses and tells him to kick bricks. Because if your heart's been hardened over and over again, you know the thing that'll finally make you relent is your son dying. That's not where you go on a death wish last stand against the Jews. That's where you go, like, maybe they had a point. I don't know. Well, then again, I guess there could be more plagues to come. Um... So, the Jews pack up, don't have enough time for their bread to rise, bada-bing, you got matzah. Fuck, I forgot about that, too. Yeah. This is the origin of Passover, and again, the Metallica song, Creeping Death, top five track. So, here's the only thing. Those plagues, I don't know, like, if there were suddenly frogs everywhere, I'd be annoyed. But I, I feel like in the modern world, that wouldn't affect me as much. So, say there is a modern Jews, and they're going to Biden, or whoever, saying, let my people go. He says, eh, I'm not going to do that. Corn pop and hairy legs and whatnot. What would be a modern plague? To me, flies. Flies? Flies are my most, probably my most hated thing in the world. Okay. So there's the, see, a I lot would... of flies would get me to fucking do anything to get them to go away. <laughs> I can't stand flies around my trash. Hmm. I was going to go a different way. For my modern 10 plagues, I had like, you know, Facebook jail, getting canceled. All your Tinder conversations go silent. No Tinder matches. No Tinder matches. Oh. What, what started happening to me when I hit my mid-30s. That'll harden your heart. Yeah. I'll tell you right then. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, weird detail. Moses digs up and brings the bones of Joseph with him to Canaan. Shit, I forgot about that, too. But these, are, these are all things I learned. You, you knew. Church, these are all man, ringing these are bells. Things I, I forgot all about. Okay. Uh, God is a one-trick pony and, once again, hardens Pharaoh's heart. So the Egyptians go after them. He's having he's having well, releasing Jew remorse. Is there also a is it ever explained why he hardened his heart? Why no. make this difficult? I, if the dude would just relent at first, why? Yeah, why didn't he pull like a, 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 a Rip on? Van Winkle and make like you know, Pharaoh took a nap and didn't wake up for a hundred days? You know, like it put him in a coma. Yeah, this is weird to me. I don't think it's ever explained why. Yeah, God's... Uh, he's weird how he goes about those things. I don't know. So, God once again hardens Pharaoh's heart, and the Egyptians are after them. It's a chase story now. Banjos and all. Moses raises his staff, and boom, the Red Sea is split. The Jews run out. The Egyptians follow. Again, like, pretty... Isn't at this point you're kind of like, I think we should... I think... I say we let them go! Um, Jews make it to shore. God drowns out the Egyptians and their horses who did nothing wrong. Do you ever watch like war movies of like things in old times and just think like, man, how many innocent horses have died in wars? Yep. I do. I remember I had that feeling on Game of Thrones when mm -hmm. they light, when Jamie's coming back with the money. Uh -huh. And they light the carriage on fire. You just see the horses running away with it burning. I was like, oh, those poor horses. <laughs> Actually, I want to look it up real quick. Where did they cross? 
the Red Sea? Because the Red Sea is, like, huge. Do you know this off the top of your head? I do not. All right, where did the I just June... know the ground was dry as they crossed. But it, but it is, uh, they call it the Red Sea. It's the Mediterranean Sea, right? Yeah. So, all right, it says the Gulf of Suez. I'm trying to see. Ow. Ow. You know what? I'm an idiot. This whole time I thought the Red Sea was, um, this whole time I thought the Red Sea was the Mediterranean Sea. It's not. As you can see here, it is like the little bit between the, um, Okay, so they escaped Egypt. They cross Sinai, I guess. Okay, no, no, they they cross a chunk of the Red Sea into Sinai. Good. I'm glad we could figure this out. That was totally unnecessary. Holy mouth, Sinai is where the snake bites became a real problem, and if they touched Moses's staff, they were healed. Oh, I don't remember this shit at all. Is this something that you, you got? You, know, you got to put my clothes. Okay, uh, you know. Just look this you got to keep in mind, there's also Sinai, the peninsula, and Mount Sinai. I don't know where Mount Sinai is on Sinai. Um, oh, they, they randomly throw in all the ladies celebrate. Like, <laughs> Red Sea's back, wet t-shirt contest, dead horses and Egyptians. Uh, three days later, they found no drinkable water. So despite saving them and splitting the sea, the Jews are immediately talking shit on Moses. Like, what does he think he's doing? God gives them wells. They wander, but everyone is still like, did we just follow this Moses jerk off to die in the desert? We were better off as slaves. But God says, chill. I will have it rain manna from heaven. So what is manna? They say it was like coriander seed and tasted like wafers with honey. Again, honey is the best, like, doesn't taste like buffalo wings. No, honey, that is the best tasting anything you can get in this era. Um... It rains down every morning and it melts in the sun. They're only supposed to gather for six days enough to eat on the seventh, but they get lazy and go out on the seventh as well, breaking the Sabbath. God goes to Moses and says, dude, what the fuck? You know the rules. What are they doing? You're supposed to chill for the seventh day. Interesting thing here. All they ate was manna for 40 years. Now, as a heterosexual man who has to eat with a woman most days, could you imagine? <laughs> even if... You were fleeing slavery. Could you imagine any woman being okay? Like, could we at least go out for mana tonight? Like, could I, I have a new recipe? I mean, as a single guy, I could eat the same thing every night. I, I'll, I'll eat mana morning. I, I'll eat mana every day of the week, twice on Sunday. But these girls, like, they need it with coconut. All right. And avocado. So the Moses' staff, I looked it up. It's in numbers. So it, ah, well, it was not, not in Exodus, but they are on the, it was after Mount Sinai, but they're on the border of the promised land. And as they got a little camp, got a little complainy, mm -hmm. God sent some snakes in so, to some straight and people started getting bit and became sick. So then God told Moses to make a bronze serpent and put it at the top of his staff. And if they touched the staff, they were healed. And the little tidbit of information that the symbol American Red Cross Oh, With that's the snake. The staff around, the yeah, that's representative of the staff of Moses. Wait a second. I thought that staff was like Egyptian. I mean, not Egyptian, like Greek. As far as I know, right. it was inspired by uh, the serpent on Moses' staff. We're pausing and looking this up. Yep, you're right. Wait, okay. Yep. Egyptian. It, it is from the god Hermes, uh, Greek Egyptian. And uh, 
yeah. Well, uh, again, I wouldn't put it past and say, like, that's where they adopted it. I think Hermes was already a thing by this point. Uh, Jews complain about water again. Moses literally tells God, these people are going to kill me. What should I do? He tells him to point his staff at a rock and he'll make water spring from. Again, why a magic staff at all? Like, this is very... Yeah, fundamentalist Christians were very against Harry Potter. Like, is it for copyright infringement? Because is that kind of like, you know, fucking... Mo- <laughs> or are you asking why Christians are against Harry Potter? Especially, I'm saying because it seems so similar to what's happening here. I think that, yeah, it's kind of the problem. Oh, so there That's part of the problem. It's considered... Taking God's magic It's considered and witchcraft, it. yeah. Couldn't God do this himself without... Making a fucking gimmicked cane for him. Giving him the hacksaw two by four. (laughs) And I water shall spring from this rock. You think think there was anybody telling Moses, hey, you're not shit without your staff. That's right. You're a tough guy when you have that. Put that down. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I'm. Is there anywhere in the Bible where like the Jews are like, if we have the staff, we'll have the power. And then maybe they'll take a route of Genesis of, you know, getting him really drunk and having his daughters raping him and then stealing the staff. There's, uh, no, but there had to be somebody thinking it. Somebody had to think it. Yeah. Uh, maybe Aaron was like really jacked. Somebody want to fuck with that. Uh, Moses's father-in-law. Well, Aaron's staff was apparently magical, too. That's right. Yes. It's in the Ark of the Covenant. Interesting. Because it bared fruit. I, I, why all the magic? This is all right. Uh, Moses' father-in-law Jethro shows up, basically judging him for his career, saying it's not good to be the voice of God. So Moses chooses leaders in the Jewish community and puts them in charge of their little subsets. Again, nepotism. Well, I had to put my nephew Joshi in charge. The boy's no good at anything else. (laughs) Uh, They camp at Sinai, and Moses goes up the mountain. God says, you're the chosen people if you follow my rules. So shitty girlfriend ultimatum. Yeah, I I, I hate that I can't. Uh, This is where I have. I think God hates women because like he either hates women or he's gay because he wants to be surrounded by dudes. One of the things they have here on the third day. uh, Oh, yeah. God says before they meet up, I'm going to show myself to the Jews. They all need to shower on the bay, shower and bathe. On the third day, I'll appear to all of them. Hilariously tells them, don't come until your wives until then. So don't f- don't fuck any of those gross pussies, boys. I'm Yahweh's coming into town. I don't remember any of this, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, literally, do not come into your wives until then. So there's, we haven't gotten to like Leviticus yet where we're going to get a lot of the, you know, gays are bad, pussy blood, gross, like, it feels like God really just likes dudes and women are just a means to an end. That end being more dudes. Mm. Uh, it, it, obsessed with dicks. Thinks girls are gross. I don't Leviticus know. Leviticus is also where the kind of famous verse not to get tattoos. Ooh, what? That is still referenced. What is that one? I don't know that one. It's thou shalt not make any markings upon your body with ink or something of that sort. Wow. So it's kind of like it's in Leviticus. I, it's like cut and dry. When I was a uh, when I was in high school, I tried to give myself a stick and poke of Leviticus, whatever that verse is. Oh, oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I, you little jokester, yeah. you. I got Levi, and I I gave up on it. 
Sticking oh okay. some some comedian people we know actually I saw uh, just posted the other day they did a stick and poke tattoo. Uh, yeah, you might be able to hear that actually. Oh, they're actually going to be on a future episode talking about the Bible. But uh, wait, was was said comedian raised religious? Um, I think they were not as much their part. I think they're together. Their partner was, but okay. you know, she's not really like a comic. I want right. someone I can like riff with. Right. So I'm going to have them both on. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So it doesn't like women on the third day. The Jews gather at the base of the Mount. God brings a lot of storm clouds and a loud trumpet because a good queen needs to make an entrance. <laughs> God, however, says the people can't see me. It'll totally kill them. Only Moses can. So again, like the very like, and this is the part where Mo he reveals his back part, gets Moses to check out his ass. He moons him. Yeah, he he tells Moses, "You can only see my back parts as I descend from the clouds." Can you pull this part up? I was just looking at it before we started this. I like to see it, but he is pu pulling a shitty switcheroo. Like, yay, I will show myself to the Jews, and then the day comes, like only Moses can come up. The, so they can like hear like Aaron is throwing his voice up on the mount. The first thing, first thing that comes up in Google is the quote unquote backside of God. Mm -hmm. Let's see what it says. Look upon Yahweh's ass. I've <laughs> I've been doing lunges lately. Fuck, this is long. A little bit of dead air here. You, you know what's funny? When you said back, I did literally think back. I didn't know it was as specific as backside. That means. It, going by grandma talk, that that has to be God's butt. Mm -hmm. Should have shown him his dick. God's God's dangler. See how it sways from side to side, Moses. I shall bring the storms to jiggle my penis. That is the weird thing that they need. To, God made us in His image, therefore He needs to have a dick. But if God can't reproduce, then what's the point of having a dick? You know, is God torturing himself forever? That sounds more and more like Satan is a woman. Like, I, I'm just filling dead air here. but <laughs> So God is a woman. Satan was like a fucking crazy hipster chick that he hooked up with. And then he came home one day and she'd fucking like painted his entire house. He's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. We're done. She said, you'll never get rid of me. And she's just been interfering in God's relationships ever since okay god's backside and he said i will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name the lord and i will be gracious to whom i will be gracious and will show mercy on whom i will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face for a man shall not see me and live and lord said behold there is a place where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by i will Put you in a cleft on the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This so is back. Apparently, I covered I'm, Moses's eyes as he passed. I'm finding paintings here. There is literally a painting of God's ass. <laughs> Look upon yeah. it, Moses. <laughs> Man, this is the first time I'm reading this in like 20 years. But uh, he passed by, and Moses could only see his back as he was going as he was walking away. Hmm. What is so special about his face? Is he just like... You can't see it if you're God alive. Is God so hot? You can't see if you're alive. That's what he's saying right here. Does God have a butthole? He doesn't eat. Why would he need it? I don't know. Mm. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, it'll totally kill him. Only moves because it's going to see him. We're going to wrap it up here. Not being written down yet, but we're going to hear it for the first time. The Ten Commandments. Uh, number one, no other gods. Because God is a catty, insecure bitch. Two, no false idols. Again, every Catholic I know does this, praying to a statue of a crucifix. Right, and that's that was always the beef Protestants had with Catholics, is they pray to symbols. Right. The Virgin Mary is considered a symbol. Yeah, I mean, again, even if you were just, like, looking to the clouds thing of the Virgin Mary, but again, a lot of people are looking to, like, a specific statue. It's a... God, for religious people, this has to be the most often broken thing right. of all the commandments. And again, every time they're like, we need the Ten Commandments on the courthouse. Like, what fucking... Almost none of these are crimes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, to put the Ten Commandments on the courthouse is almost idolatry in and of itself, I would think. Mm. Uh, three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. This includes using his name worthlessly, lying when swearing to God, and uh, yeah. pretty much what we're doing right now, saying, Grow, you know, God, God, up, God ain't shit. Growing up saying, oh my God, was strictly forbidden. Yeah, you had to say, so oh my strange. gosh. You know what's funny? I remember after talking with my mom in my late teens being like, I really don't think I think, I, think, I believe in this. I think I'm kind of, I think I might be atheist or agnostic. And then if you said, like, oh, my God, you'd be like, oh, you don't believe in God, but you say the phrase. Like, yeah, it's a phrase all of us have said over and over again. It's almost like it's cultural or something. You know, the way you believe the same thing everybody else believes. But I always, whenever religious people would say that, where it's like, you, you can't say, oh, my God, if you don't believe in God. Does your dad know you're basically agnostic? I don't think so. What about, are your siblings the same way? My brother, no. My sister, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When my sister was living with my parents, she moved back in like 10 years ago. Mm. My uh, my dad did ask her what I believed. And my sister was like, I don't know. I think he's like a agnostic. My dad, <laughs> a bit blown away. And he said, well, you know what that means, right? And yeah. Well, hmm. So as far as I know, that's the only time it's been brought up in adulthood. Okay. Yeah. I just got to wonder what a pastor thinks where you, you know it's funny i, did I don't know see... if my dad's a good reference point because mm. we don't have a very strong relationship yeah kind of his life is does revolve around his work right yeah. i mean i have seen this has popped up on social media lately but i do think it's a good point uh anytime there's some kind of like scare thing in a religious tract where they're like you know uh, people are leaving the church due to secularism and all this, like, are you not observing at all? Like, what are you guys doing that people are leaving the church? Yeah. Why is secularism so good? Let me tell you, the fucking gaping void of oblivion is not a big sell. You guys just suck that much and really don't have good answers. <laughs> like, Well, I mean, we were recently talking about, hey, you know, some liberals are so obnoxious. Hey, I don't want anything to do with you on the surface. I'm, you know, yeah. Christian church is the same way a lot of times. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh, again, it's it was weird going to a suburban of a, a suburban of Phil, a suburb of Philadelphia in New Jersey, Catholic Church. Like we had no community with anybody there. Like you hear a lot of these other things. Well, that's where you have like youth. You're like spending Sunday with these people. You got to talk to somebody. That seems like a lot of these other denominations where we're just getting it out of the way. Uh, 
wasn't so much my experience. No? My experience was that was your social life for the most part. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, for me personally, it was I had my school, which again, I, for first couple of years, I went to school in the church. So right. I had my friends who, I, who I'd see there at school and then my church friends. Okay. But, uh, you know, up till 10 years, 11 years old, they were all friends who I met at that church. Okay. Yeah, I know that's also a bigger Midwest thing. I hear, like, people in Ohio where, like, it's still an actual part of the community where you talk to people. Like, yeah. only people I would see at church would be my grandma, who I saw four days a week anyway. Just like, where's me, mom? We gotta sit next to her. We didn't talk to those fucking people. Another fun thing no, about... No, in fact, uh, I'm just remembering this now. We'd have song service, which we all stand for, and it was always encouraged as between song service and the sermon, as you're sitting down, turn to the person on your left, say hi, turn to the person on your right, shake hands, say hi, mm. you know, say hi to everybody around you. Do we, did you guys have the, uh, I give you peace, my peace, I give you now, Never. let us give each other a sign of this peace. And then you basically do like a 360 shake, shaking hands saying peace no, be with I've you. I've never heard of that. Really? I've never heard that of that. That is a big, uh, Dane Cook has a bit about that. Uh, I've never heard of that. Mm. But yeah, that's the only real interaction where like you shake hands with everybody around you. No, no, and then after church, everybody stands in their little. Everybody will stand in their little ciphers and talk to each other. Yeah, you, a lot of people just kind of hang out after church. You know, after the sermon, you're there for at least an hour. I was. Mm. Did you guys have crying rooms, or is that Catholic only? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's where that, that's where that's where the babies go. Oh, I thought you meant adults. No, 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 no. no. Not people who no, are overcome with a, the spirit. No, there was a daycare in the church. Oh, okay. You didn't, you didn't take the kid with you into this. But keep in mind, our our church was literally like, there was like the back, like where they kept the vestments and shit. And then it was literally just the room where mass was. And then it was the crying room and the bathroom. And that's it. Uh, so this wasn't like a big facility. No, there was children's children's church. I think it was called. And that was downstairs. Okay. And then there was the daycare for toddlers. Mm. So yeah, to get, to give an idea how confusing religion was in our little town, I just knew uh, black people aren't heavy in the Catholic Church. There's not a lot of them, yeah. I don't think. But I do remember just as a little kid not knowing any better and just asking my mom like, "What what religion are black people? <laughs> they don't celebrate Christmas, do they? Like just that otherness." And of course, my mom being you know from the the origin of my white trashiness, her and my dad. Uh, didn't have any i feel like if my kid did that i'd be like oh my god i need to take them to a hip-hop festival or something like i need to correct this and I th i'm pretty sure my mom just said like i don't know <laughs> i'm sure they're into something like she could have mentioned they were christian uh okay remember the sabbath is number four i recommend sabbath bloody sabbath and sabotage best of the albums of the ozzy era honor thy father and thy mother what if they're satanist Answer me that, I Jeff. I can't tell you. Well, also, I, I've, I've had this question growing up because we'll get these missionaries. So it says in the Bible to respect the laws of man mm -hmm. because God appointed them to an authority for a reason. Give unto Caesar what is hidden. But then you'll get these stories from missionaries who went into countries where Christianity is outlawed and they brag about smuggling Bibles in. And I'm, I've asked several times, asked elders several times, I don't understand, isn't this isn't there a conflict of interest here? And it's always, well, God's word supersedes the law of man. And, yeah. But God's word says to obey law of man. It's confusing. Yeah. It's all very confusing. It's almost like this all doesn't add up in the end. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it does suck 
but it works very well that like i i think a lot of hardcore atheists are annoying yeah i i hate i hate that uh atheist people consider atheism to be the same as intellectualism yeah it's a very it's a very 16 year old yeah kind of who's listened to a bunch of george carlin and now fancies themselves an intellectual so like it's, Me at 16, it's kind of lame that they're trying to destroy all religion via basically like riddles. Like, well, what if your father's a Satanist? <laughs> but I mean, it does kind of kind of show the weakness of it that it can. It's still a good argument. There was a site. I mean, this was 15 years ago. Not a site, a YouTube video called Why Won't God Heal Amputees? And it was this guy bringing up 10 points <laughs> against Christianity. It was actually pretty well done. I don't know if that's still a thing. but mm. Okay. Um, so, uh, six, don't murder. Of course, there are many exceptions. Seven, don't commit adultery because God is a cock block. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to not commit adultery. He's just like, ugh, why would you even, why would you go near those pussies? God, me. Um, ooh, so here's a fun thing. I don't know if you know this. This is a good history thing. Uh, so obviously Bible says do not kill yet. Christians have a doctrine of just war. Do you know where this comes from? No. So, in the early centuries after the death of Christ, there's a bunch of little groups that spring up. One of them is a group called the Circumcellions. Have you ever heard of this? No. This is historical truth. The Circumcellions were like some dumb QAnon jerk-offs of like the third century. And pretty much the only thing they get from the gospel of Jesus is the most important thing is to die a martyr. So what they would do is they would hang out in the woods. They would attack pilgrims coming to visit the Holy Land and basically go to the pilgrims into killing them so they could die a martyr's death. Hmm. There are, in fact, uh, famous writings of a pilgrim. What are they called? The Circumcellions? Circumcellions. I might, it might be Circumcellions. One pilgrim, this is like a famous story, uh, one pilgrim, they three of them encountered, and they tied him up. They said, we're going to kill you unless you kill us. And he basically said, like, but all right, you guys got to untie me first. Like, well, okay. He's like, but I need to tie you guys up because what if I kill the first one and the other two are like, ah, I don't want this, and then you kill me. I'm trying to protect myself here. That makes sense. Like, oh, okay. So he ties them up and basically beats the shit out of all three of them <laughs> and then leaves them there. But we have the doctrine of just war because the Christian uh, believers at the time basically came up with this, like, okay, well, you know, turn the other cheek and all that, but like these circumcellion assholes, like just just beat the shit out of them. Like we, you're allowed to kill them, and that was the start of like, well, if somebody's trying to kill you, you can kill them. Not in Jesus at all. It's all from these one group of dickheads, basically QAnon. Uh, don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. I never understood coveting because it just means like you want what somebody else has, right? Yeah. Don't be jealous. You can't help that. Don't be a jealous. Yeah, you can. God is so jealous. Yeah, you can. Do you- yeah. He's a jealous God, but that's because he deserves it. Mm. You get what God ge- deems you worthy to have. Again, a queen. I deserve the best. <laughs> Only the best. Gucci and <laughs> Louis Vuitton. Uh, let's see. What would be some new commandments for today's world? Don't rape, big one. Yeah. No slavery. Hmm. hmm. I wasn't ready for this. 
we can pause for a sec. Let's pause and think about this because this is basically the end anyway. All right, so we have thou comedy lineup shall be diverse. Yay, this applies to casting. <laughs> thou shalt not cast a white woman as an Asian, so saith God. Uh, what was the other good one you just had? That thou shalt not hoard. Thou shalt not hoard. Big one. Um, Which I think works at all levels because if you see somebody who's just hoarding shit in their house, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we did. also just had the COVID thing. People hoarding toilet paper and hand right. sanitizer. And if you're hoarding, if you're hoarding money, you know. Hey, come on, spread it around a little bit. Anyway, thou shalt stop making gritty superhero reboots. <laughs> this is a big thou one. Thou shalt stop worshiping gritty. I am a little <laughs> sick of him becoming like an ironic icon. The one bothering me lately, we talked about how I have some unstable weirdos that I follow on Facebook. Uh, man, do they identify with the Joker, and they're not supposed to. They're, they're, they're putting, like, hardcore fucking, like, they're putting Nietzschean fucking philosophy quotes over Joaquin Phoenix smoking a cigarette. And I don't think they know who Nietzsche is. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, God, God, God is dead, and we have killed him. Why so serious? Right. Something about catfishing, I don't know. Yeah, that, thou shalt not catfish. Thou shalt not bear false witness on thy dating app. If thou be, if thou be rotund, present thyself as such. You will only reveal it in person. Hmm. I'm trying to think. If there was a lady in the Bible, what would her story be? A lady in the Bible? Uh, a, a lady prophet. That was, like, really important. I mean, important. Ruth wasn't a prophet, but she's a What did very, Ruth do? I believe... Man, this is hard for me to recall. I believe she led an army. Okay. I'll take I believe this. it was... She was the badass bitch of her time who stepped up when no men could. If That's I'm remembering... Girl boss! This is something I'm going to Google when we're done, but... Okay. All right. But, yeah. I think that's done. Uh, join us next week for part two of Exodus... And uh, Jeffy, thank you for being on here. Yeah, oh, I never you. asked. Are you promoting anything right now? Uh, I know I'm not really doing shit right now. Are you on social media? Uh, yeah, I am on. I mean, Facebook is Jeff Roser. Um, I am on Instagram right now as Safari Bakari, all one word. But I do think I'm going to change that to Big Jeff Roser. So that's right, Big Jeff. Come, come see him in your house sometime soon. Uh, follow me on all the things at Jesse Duran, and I. Guess that's it. You have a have a blessed Fourth of July weekend, at which this will already have occurred when this come out. I'm gonna stop recording now.